This is a Federal News Network podcast. Over the last six weeks, the General Services Administration has demonstrated what the future of federal hiring could look like. Since late March, GSA has hired more than 100 new employees virtually, and this includes performing the Oath of Office online. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about why GSA's example of changing its approach to hiring and onboarding can't just be a one-off in the federal sector, but an approach whose time has come. Jason joins me now with more. And Jason, you don't usually think of GSA as a great leader in at least the hiring practices in the government. So how are they hiring today? And do you think this coronavirus is going to make everyone rethink this approach? I certainly hope more more people start to rethink that approach to hiring because, Tom, you and I have been around long enough to know that this hiring process is arduous at best and just poor at, at, at second best. I mean, think about the process by which you apply. It's a black box. You wait. Nothing happens. You finally are told something. You go through the process. It could be six months. It could be nine months from the time people apply to to what they call your butts in seat. Now, the average time is about 105 days. It's down from from several years ago. It's even lower in some cases to 98 days. But what GSA is doing is they took a step back and said, okay, coronavirus, we can't get together. We can't interview in person. We can't have people come into the office and start. So what can we do virtually that really meets all the spirit and intent of all the policies and regulations that go around hiring? And they were able to figure it out, right? They were able to establish accounts, configure devices. Once those devices are configured, whether it's a laptop or a or cell phone, ship them to the homes of the new uh, workers. The employees take their virtual oath of office. They do all their paperwork online using e-signatures. All these tools are stuff that, if you will, Tom, uh, private sector people have been doing for years. Uh, you know, they're people who work across country, and, and one day they just show up and they're ready to go because the laptop is there and it's configured and it's set up. I think what I was told from Beth Kaloran, the deputy CIO at GSA, was they said they had a lot of things already in place, and, and as she said, just tweak around the edges, add a couple of new processes or modify them, and they were ready to go. Now, can they give them a, a PIV, a, a you know, personal identifiable verification card? Not necessarily, or they have to come up with a different way. And, in fact, there's another example that my colleague Nicole Grisco will be writing about this week from DHS that has an a derived alternative credential. Now, we're going to leave it hanging there for a second so Nicole can have that story. But that's a whole different approach to getting people to be able to get onto the network and do their work. And derived credentials are the way I think a lot of people think industry is moving anyhow. So maybe this will just speed things up. But you also did a little research among the private sector industry. And a lot of them, a lot of those companies have revised how they hire and onboard people? Is that something agencies can emulate? I think in a lot of ways they can. And I talked to a bunch of different vendors who, who are working both in the public sector and the private sector. Uh, one of them was Steve Mayer, from the, who's the president of Management Concepts. And he talks about the fact that a lot of agencies remain either A, paper-based, or B, they're not using the advanced capabilities that technology provides them, even though maybe they do have access to those technologies. And basically what he says is they could really, just by using the technology, by being smarter about the way they approach their hiring processes, they can really reduce that burden. I also spoke with Linda Ricks, the co-CEO of AVU Technologies. She was talking about this idea that how the hiring process is convoluted and difficult and reduces the level of agility. And what agencies need today, like HHS, like CDC, like the SBA, they need that agility. She says one way they can do that, they can get that agility, is by moving the entire process online. They can really use the technology, like whether it's artificial intelligence or just online cloud systems that can 
increase and you know kind of deal with scale when they need to and come down when they don't need to but you can do all these efforts by onboarding getting technology in place getting access to the network all that can be done very easily through a cloud-based system now of course uh, aview sells that cloud-based system so of course she would tell you that's why it works that way but she's not alone i mean i've talked to four well, she's different... not making it up i mean people are really doing correct it. Correct, correct. It's not It's not just she's t selling her wares. This is what's happening both in the public and the private sector. Exactly right, Tom. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. And what are the other considerations agencies are looking at as they do this and evolve this hiring process? I mean, I guess it's really one great outcome of the fact that people can't be near one another physically. Exactly. And I think one of the things that agencies are, are facing is, okay, what's a typical approach and bring it online? So for instance, the intelligence community, one of the things that they've been doing, the IC community, is a 3D campus tour. They've been setting up booths. So really everything happens virtually with avatars where you can meet your the people on the other side of the, the fence, so to speak, talk to them. They can really conduct interviews and, and really get to that next process, which is, you know, deals with some of the, the deeper vetting of candidates and such. But I talked to also Joe Paiva, and Joe is a former CEO at the International Trade Administration. He's now over at HireVue. And one of the things he said is, he said there's really five critical elements that agencies really should keep in mind as a way to modernize and evolve their hiring practices and onboarding. One is predictive validity, which is this idea of where are you in the process, are you going to be successful in your position or not? And the other one is transparency and candidate experience. It's really important for the candidate to feel good, to know when they should expect a job offer or when should, should that process get get through because it's, it, it engenders loyalty. And I think that's something that's missing in the current uh, federal process. A couple other things real quick, Tom, is security, privacy, records, retention, all very important issues. Candidate pools and efficiency. One of the things that agencies seem to fall into tough times is is do we have enough people in the washington dc area well many times no because they're competing with the private sector here but maybe if they're looking for a cybersecurity or a project manager or somebody else with with a with a set of skills that you really need you can go outside of the dc area and there you may more be more likely to find that person and through online hiring and now through all this telework remote working that we all have been doing that opens the, the pool much wider. And then finally, Tom, diversity, huge issue around diversity. It's not just about numbers, but are you getting and treating people fairly and are they have access to the same job? So those are just five real quick things that people should consider as they kind of evolve their processes. I think on that last point on diversity, a lot of hiring managers have recommended don't even look at the gender or a picture of the person applying. Just simply look at the qualifications. And if those can be verified, you'll probably end up with more diversity and maybe whatever bias you might bring to it will be filtered out automatically. And I think those those are things the tools can do as well, because if you say, I'm looking for somebody with this type of education, this type of experience, this type of skill sets, you don't really worry about the names or where they live or, or their address. You can just, okay, here's the, the tool giving you 50, 100 people who fit, that, who fit your preset qualifications. And while we have you, Jason, you're also writing about the end of a 30-year-old CIO leadership program at NDU, National Defense University. That's too bad. That is. It was a little bit of a shock. Now, I have to give DOD some credit here, Tom. They put a release out talking about the how they did the um, graduation online of these 14 or so people who went through this last iteration of the CIO leadership development program. But they also said this is the last one. But what they don't don't say is what comes next. How's it going to work? And this actually has raised some concerns among lawmakers. Now, real quick, the NDA 
NDU launched the CIO leadership courses in 1990. The goal was pretty basic, train military, civilian, international leaders to improve how they manage and understand technology. More than 1,500 students have graduated from this 14-week program. They, they receive a CIO certificate. I've had the people who've led the program at NDU on my Ask the CIO show. But what is unclear is what goes forward. Now, two lawmakers uh, from the Senate and two lawmakers from the House wrote a letter to uh, Secretary Esper asking, okay, what comes next? How can you decide to end this? Because this is a really important program. There's a lot of concern about the message it's also sending, not just to the country, but also to our adversaries, saying we don't think this is important enough. Now, I did hear from NDU. They said there are some changes coming it's part of the transformation across the entire national defense university and a lot of that stuff is still pre-decisional so more more news to come on that federal news network's jason miller thanks so much my pleasure tom check out his reporter's notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com everything's getting more expensive these days gas rent and even your music while other music services keep jacking up their prices live one is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at pluralsight.com vision.